So again today on this, um, at this time where it's hot and muggy, we're going to try our best to stay awake and do our Brahma-vihara practice. I really appreciate how all of you just do your best to stay with it. It's not easy at this time of the day, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. Again today we'll uh, practice developing inclining the mind towards equanimity. And uh, just wanted to point out a few more things about equanimity and remind you about a few things that I may have said already, but it helps to keep all of this in our minds as we do it so that we're doing it from a place of understanding and not just following directions rotely. So this cultivation of equanimity is a wholesome state of mind. And the opposites of equanimity are unwholesome states of mind. So we're uh, practicing in this way, we're practicing right effort, where we incline the mind and heart towards what is wholesome. And by doing that, we can relinquish what is unwholesome. Another way that uh, Manindraji put it to us is that in this practice of mindfulness that we do with our our Vipassana practice and also with the Brahma-vihara practices, we are deconditioning what the default setting of the mind is where we habitually react that usually has something to do with unwholesome states of mind that keep coming up Uh, in relationship or about certain experiences, certain situations, certain people. We're deconditioning that as we do the practice. And we're reconditioning the mind to incline towards something that is wholesome over and over and over again. So this is a a powerful practice when we can surrender to it and when we can understand why we're doing it this way. So the uh, unwholesome states of mind that are the far enemy of uh, equanimity, which we call reactivity, has two parts to it. The first part is uh, the reactive mind that is with aversion or any form of aversion. The other part of it is the reactive mind that is with clinging or attachment or any form of that. So we may see this as we bring up certain individuals, certain situations. We may become aware of this reactivity. And the becoming aware of it is a good thing. It means that in that awareness, there's an absence of delusion. So it's important to know that in the awareness of the reactivity, it doesn't mean that we're bad people or that um, something's wrong with our practice. It actually is a good sign because there is not any delusion there to cover up, to camouflage, to take us away from that experience. There, There can also be a clear seeing of that reactivity. So I wanted to um, let you know how I'm going to work with the practice today, a little different from yesterday. As I bring up the various individuals and uh, allow ourselves to reflect on whatever it is about those individuals, maybe some way that they're living their life or some situation that we were involved in with them, As I bring those up and we develop equanimity towards them or about them, what they are going through, of course we're developing that equanimity in our own hearts about them, about their situation, about what they're going through, using the various phrases like, all beings have their own journey. May I open to how it is right now for you or this is how it is right now for you. From time to time, as we're doing that, I would ask ourselves to also turn towards our own minds. Maybe 
to uh, to see some reactivity that hasn't been noticed yet, or maybe it's actually quite apparent. So similar to our Vipassana practice, we're turning our attention to the attitude of the mind or the reactivity of the mind about that experience. And we may also need to develop equanimity, incline the mind towards equanimity with regard to that reactivity in our own minds. So there's two ways that equanimity can work or we can incline towards. This is in relationship to the event, to the situation, to the person that we're uh, facing, that we're bringing up as a reflection, or and or we can turn it towards the actual reactivity that may be already happening in our hearts about that person, about that situation. So just to give you a a real-life example, Um, as a mother, I just have, that's where my mind goes to, that's where all my examples can come from. So I see what a certain one of my grown children are going through. And it may be um, that I have a strong opinion that they need to do it another way. So, of course, you know, I'm clinging to this opinion of how I think it should be done. And I see them going through the anguish that they're going through. And I, I can have a certain way of looking at that. Either I can face it and say, okay, this is how it is right now. And sometimes I can't do that. But say in a situation where it's happening and I'm facing it and I'm, I'm just not handling their situation well and I'm turning towards it and helping me incline towards just opening my heart, opening my mind, a space in my mind to say, actually, this is the nature of your life right now. This is what's happening right now. And just be able to accept it. That, as a mother, is a, and any human being, is a big step. Just to be able to say, okay, this is what's happening for you right now. At the same time, there may be a huge reactivity in my whole mind. Uh, in my own mind, my own heart, that I don't like the way it's happening to you right now. I really want it to be different for you right now. And that may be shouting a lot louder than actually the experience that they're having. Can you sense the difference that I'm talking about? So I may actually need to turn the attention to my own heart and my own mind and the reactivity that's going on there. Because sometimes the inability to accept what's going on out there, it it could be anything. It could be what's going on with our kids, our community, members of our family, uh, political situations, the uh, world situation. But we're not turning towards what's going on in here and developing equanimity directly about our reactivity. So I find this is so true that I have to intentionally turn towards the reactivity in my own heart and incline the mind towards equanimity about that reactivity. So turning towards the clinging in my own heart, I want it this way, or the aversion in my own heart, I don't like it this way. And being able to accept that that is happening, that my own heart is doing that. So turning towards that and saying, okay, may I accept what the nature of my heart is unfolding right now. This is what's happening right now in my own heart. And oftentimes by turning to that, the whole situation is able to be viewed with a lot more balance, with a lot more spaciousness with a lot more caring. So 
during this course of practice, when I ask you to turn the mind, turn your intention of equanimity towards your own mind, this is what I'm asking us to do, to see if there's reactivity, attachment aversion there, uh, or even kind of indifference or apathy, and to be able to face that, to be able to see that, and to develop a spaciousness and a caring balance around that. So this is how I'll be directing the practice today. And um, however you can turn your heart towards equanimity, that's good. Even if it's not towards the inner experience, it's fine. Just keep with the outer experience. So let's see how we do with that. And I'll present a a couple more new phrases that you can try on. So remember that um, these phrases help to incline the mind towards equanimity. And you must find the phrase that helps you to do that. So first we bring our attention to the heart center. Establishing an outer bodily posture and an inner heart posture of relaxing. Noticing the posture of the body, softening around any places where that softening can happen through simple mindfulness and intention. Softening the posture of the mind, meaning to say, if there is any noticing of an agenda that we have to achieve or attain anything, just letting that be put to the side for now. We begin our practice with tuning in to that heart and mind that naturally cares about ourselves and about others and allowing our equanimity to come from that place of inherent caring. Sometimes needing to infuse the words or the phrases with a sense of caring, even though we may not be putting words of loving-kindness sometimes into the phrase, just knowing that it's part of the understanding. So again, we begin with the easiest person, choosing that one for you. Traditionally, it's the neutral person. making your own choice of who that person is. And beginning with a phrase or an understanding which helps to incline the mind towards a spacious balance. For example, all beings have their own journey. Joy and sorrow arise for all beings. Gain and loss arise and pass away for all beings. Articulate that understanding that helps incline your mind towards spacious balance.
and then moving on to the next individual. Traditionally is a benefactor. You can choose a dear friend if you like. Again, choosing someone that's fairly easy for you to open your heart to. Having a clear sense of who that is. And then turning your attention to that person's life. There may be some situation or a way that that person is that ruffles your mind, so to speak. And use a phrase that will incline the mind towards a more settledness, a more openness. As you continue to reflect about this person, use the phrase once in a while that helps you. This is the nature of your life right now. May I open with balance to how it is for you right now. And from time to time, turning your attention to your own heart in an intimate way. And whatever is arising and appearing there, applying that inclination towards equanimity there also. This is what's happening in my own heart right now. May I open to that?
moving on to a dear friend or remaining where you are if you like. So again, choosing someone that can be very clear to you in terms of reflecting about this person. So having a clear sense of who this is. Taking some time to reflect, think about this person's life. Maybe some illness they're facing, old age, some situation about survival or stress, whatever the challenge is, or even whatever the great happiness is about. See if we can keep our hearts open with balance around their situation. Traditional phrase is, all beings are owners of their actions. Their happiness or unhappiness depends upon their actions. Not upon my wishes. So shortcutting that is all beings are owners of their actions. This is how it is for you right now. May I open to that with balance and care. If you notice any reactivity in your own heart, this is what's happening for me right now. This is how it is. May I open to this with balance and care.
When you're ready, choosing another person in the same category, a dear friend, a loved one, a family member. Continuing with this person in the same way. Reflecting on their situation. Articulating your own equanimity, understanding. May my heart abide in equanimity with the conditions of your life.
Moving on to the next individual, if you choose to, and this is a difficult person. You may want to remain with a dear friend or loved one. So having a clear sense of who this is, And then again, taking some time to reflect about this person. All beings have their own journey. All beings are owners of their actions. May my mind and heart abide in equanimity. This is the nature of your life right now. May I open to that? This is the nature of my own heart right now. May I open with balance to that.
And lastly, moving on to oneself. Perhaps turning your attention to some situation in your life that keeps coming up for you in your practice, in your days here, something the mind keeps churning around. And again, using that wisdom phrase that helps the mind relax around it more. May I open to this situation with balance and grace. Or maybe it's more immediate, facing particular pains in the body, or heart ache, emotional pain. This is the nature of pain right now. This is the nature of the heart and the mind right now. Coming to a close. May my heart open with ease and balance to the outer conditions of my life. May I open with ease and balance to the inner conditions of my life. Do you have any questions? Yes, back there. Uh, 
Right. Yeah. So that's the very situation that you can develop equanimity around. <laughs> uh, so, just to put a context around that, um, what we're doing is acknowledging that something is so. You don't have to analyze it. You don't have to psychologize it. You just have to bring up the situation and acknowledge that it is so. It is such and such, like this. So you may be going farther than I intend you to go, that I am... I'm not intending it to go that far. It's just acknowledging that a situation is in such and such a way, that it's difficult for example. So you are given permission to think about it. And in the Buddha's teachings, there is a big place for contemplation, for this kind of thinking. It isn't all about just emptying the mind. Yeah, there is um, a big place for that. Wise reflection. Yoniso manasikara. Wise reflection. So this is wise reflection. So... This is actually part and parcel of the practice. Um, And if you find that it is uh, confusing your practice or difficult to do, then it's okay not to do it. But I just wanted to give you a fuller understanding about it. Um, When there is a, just generally speaking, when there is kind of a reactivity to something or like, I don't really, I'm getting confused, I don't really like this. It's a signal that there's some holding on in the mind, of course, to that it has to be a certain way. So it would be good to just take that and just notice that. So bring some kind attention, inclining of the mind, to just be more accepting that that's going on in the heart, in the mind. Because... um, That's painful, of course. And so just opening the possibility that, yeah, and the fact that there is wise contemplation that's part of the the practice, it isn't all about just emptying. But it isn't also about psychologizing or analyzing. So let me just give you an example of how I reflect when something, when I'm asked to reflect on something, in this case, um, either in in any of the Brahma Viharas, we're asked to reflect about a a person. So when I'm reflecting about maybe a family rep, uh, member, in this sitting, I was reflecting on someone, a friend who's ninety, she'll be ninety three this year, and so I'm just reflecting on the fact that she doesn't remember so much anymore sometimes. This is a fact. I'm not analyzing it. It's just a fact. And I just remember the times when I've interacted with her and she doesn't remember what I said five minutes ago. It's just a fact. Or the fact that, say, um, she fell down before I left and she had a big bump on her forehead. And I just remember that. That's all. It's just the fact that she fell down. I also remembered that I got really worried about it. And so, you know, I was having this fear about nobody's there with her and what am I going to do? And that was my inner reactivity to that where it was really ruffling the mind. So I had to also bring some practice of equanimity to my own mind about it because I was, you know, just kind of like, some clutching and fear. So various things about her that, um, you know, just remembering how she walks. And then I remembered how she used to walk. It's all just factual. It's not 
saying, you know, analyzing her or psychologizing her. That's a kind of reflection. I hope that clarifies a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I'll put them up on the board. Mm-hmm. Don't use them all. Just use the ones that <laughs> work, or else you'll really get too many words in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, sir. Right. So where does action come in? Uh, action can come in immediately. Action can take some time to come in, but action does come into play, definitely, yeah. So it depends on what the situation is and what your own mind, um, what you you decide and how to take action and when to take action. But first, it really is helpful to develop some clarity of mind, some equanimity around it. And then from there, we can take action. It might be very immediate. It may not be that you even have time to reflect on equanimity because maybe equanimity is already there or um, a good measure of it, seeing clearly because of equanimity is already there. Maybe a good measure of it, a good enough measure of it is already there. So there may not be any necessity to even stop and contemplate. So, um, actually, you know, that's the trajectory of this practice, that we don't even have to stop and contemplate. It's just we notice that clearly there's some balance of mind, and from that balance of mind we can take an action. And sometimes we take action without balance of mind, you know, and um, and it can sometimes still be beneficial. But it always helps to know that we can incline the mind there, that that's, that can be a training for us. Yeah. There was something over here. Um, yes? Yeah. Uh, so you want to do a meta phrase? Can Can you just give me an example? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. I, I find that it's really helpful to sometimes just combine them, just put in the metta with the equanimity. For example, may you be happy and peaceful, and it is as it is right now. Yeah. And that, that helps to um, develop a sense of, okay, you're, you're offering everything you can, and there's less of an attachment to the result it may or may not come true, but we still offer everything we can. We offer all our love, all of our help in action, you know, and it still will turn out the way it, it turns out. Yeah. Behind?
It can happen, sure, it can. Right, yeah. Yes, you can you can do it that way if it and that's a good offering for um our friend here that just go to what's really simple. But sometimes when you understand it, you know, you can you can still use this particular tool. So understanding it, understanding how it works, why it's that way, it's helpful. And just going back to what's simple is helpful too or or the other option is don't do it don't even don't even go there <laughs> just go to refrain from going to what's confusing for, for you and do what's simple for you yes Uh-huh. Yeah. Mhm. I understand. Right. Yeah. It's more of a space. Mm-hmm. So that's true for some people, and you you're um, saying that it it helps you to drop into your heart body with it and it's not just a matter of knowing it intellectually yeah and sometimes also for me it's like um hearing something and it's like yeah yeah i i know that yeah yeah and <laughs> okay can we get on with it you know i mean that's what happens that's we're human and so as i keep doing it i realize whoa I never knew that the heart could reach that understanding of it. As long as I've practiced over these 30 years, I keep seeing even more and more of a deepening by just applying, you know, the some some of the ancient tools and they're not for everyone. They're not for everyone because we're so all different. That's why there are many tools and some so some tools work and we just have to know that that one isn't uh, the right one for me right now and that's totally okay that it isn't so shifting to something like you said where something that we know that is applicable and that works the simple simplicity of um this is clear and i can i can open my heart to it one last one back there. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you imagined what you were fearing could happen to that person and you saw that you were okay with it. Right. Yeah. You know, did that happen just spontaneously, that that imagining came up? Yes, I hear that all the time, that the a person's greatest fear about someone else comes up in the mind spontaneously and noticing the mind's ability 
to actually just be with it released a lot of fear, just helped the mind relax around it. So, yes, because it, especially because it came up spontaneously, and you're describing something that just happened in my own sitting about my friend, this 93-year-old. So, um, and in seeing for myself also that, yes, that could happen, and seeing that my heart beat, at least in this moment, I don't know how it will be when it actually happens, at least in this moment, be like totally okay with this is how it is too, or how it may be too. Um, Yes, which brings up the, just kind of the recognition that as we face over and over again these uh, experiences about our loved ones or these facts about our loved ones, about our friends, about the difficult person, over and over and over again, it gives the mind a chance to face it over and over and over again when I find that the very things that I feel reactive to are the very things that I constantly avoid thinking about or being with. And so the the training of the mind and heart is not only developing equanimity. I mean, it's a lot is just being able to stop avoiding it and to constantly, okay, this is true. This is a fact. This part of my being reactive to da-da-da, this is what happens. And facing it over and over again, actually the ability to turn towards it, touch it, connect with it over and over again, brings an equanimity even without any words going along with it. So that's, that's another value to actually recognizing, acknowledging with each individual what's going on. So, um, yeah, there's all, with any practice we do, there's all different ways that we find that it's helpful and we find that it's, it's not so helpful. So we, we just have to make our own um, discernment about, about that and know that, you know, for some people there's benefit, for some people there's not. And I have absolutely no control over that. <laughs> I just offer you what I can, and then you just have to take it where you take it. So I appreciate your trying and your your um, trying it on and seeing what happens. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.